You are listening to the Revolutionary Force in Professional Wrestling Podcast for over 20 years. Reviews, interviews, shoots, news, and opinions like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ring Scoops. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ring Scoops podcast here on ringscoops.com uh, or wherever else you are listening to this, whether it be on YouTube or anchor.fm slash ringscoops. I'm your host, that Ring Scoops guy, and this is the uh, new and improved podcast here on Ring Scoops, combining everything, consolidating it all into one, all blown up. Uh, the old former World Wrestling Radio, which I like to say was my intellectual property 20 years ago. Uh, so don't get it confused, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, uh, you know, retro ring scoops, um, and you know, other different projects that have done over the years, all consolidated now to one episode and enough of that. Let's go on to what's going on in professional wrestling. Uh, earlier tonight, impact wrestling had a pay-per-view called Slammiversary. And this is the first, uh, big impact event that I've watched in quite some time. Um, about two years ago, I started to get back into Impact Wrestling. And then back in September or October, I can't remember exactly the proximity of it, but it was definitely fall of 2019. I stopped watching when they signed Joey Ryan. And uh, last month, they released him. And uh, ironically, he put a video out today, which was just a one hour full of crap. Screw him. But anyway, I started watching again when they released him. I just don't like the guy for many reasons, not anything in particular from anything in recent uh, discussions. Just I've never liked the guy. But anyway, I digress. Slammiversary, Impact, uh, started watching it again, and tonight was the big pay-per-view, a big event for Slammiversary. And the event started off, it kicked off with the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin coming back, and they took on the Rascals took on uh, Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier. And I thought that was a solid match to open things up for Slamversary. They set the tone for the night. Uh, they got me pumped up. I know my buddy Blade that was watching, uh, he, I think he uh, said that he enjoyed it quite a bit as well. Very solid. I, I, I love it when you get two hot tag teams together that just click, that just gel together, and they kick off a show because... It just makes that night start off amazing. And I thought Slamversary was a really good event. And I get into my overall thoughts, of course, when I finish this. But uh, Motor City Machine Guns are back. They're in impact. They're together. Chris Sabin looked awesome. Alex Shelley looked awesome. The Rascals got a nice rub in this match. Very strong event. I'm going through my notes. Uh, like my tweets that are put out throughout the show and whatnot. And of course the, you know, the results of the show too. Uh, Johnny Swinger, Johnny Swinger dude coming up with the car telling, uh, the, the girl that's interviewing him, you know, park it for him that he took it. I love the, the line where he said, uh, you know, it was under Anderson's name, but he didn't see Ole around. So he took the car. It was just, it was good. I've been a, a big fan of Johnny Swinger for quite some time, man. And, uh, Tremendous talent. The uh, the next match that took place was the old 
school rules match for the unsanctioned TNA Heavyweight Championship. Moose defending against Tommy Dreamer. Um, it was all right. You know, I think uh, the two worked together very well. Tommy Dreamer uh, is is one of my favorites. Um, it's always good to see Tommy Dreamer work. Uh, it's always fun to see Tommy Dreamer work. Uh, Moose, his in-ring ability, I've, I've been a fan of for a while. Um, I... I've seen him improve quite a bit over the years, uh, but recently some of his, uh, you know, his behavior and attitude outside of the ring can't really say I'm a fan of. I can't condone some of the stuff that he's done in the last week or two. Uh, but with that being said, uh, this match it wasn't that bad. It was it was pretty good. It it kept some heat, it, you know, some of the momentum going from the opening match. Um, it didn't kill the show. It did not kill the show. I thought it was timed out and paced out very well too. Uh, the next match was a gauntlet for the gold match to determine the number one contender for the Impact Knockouts Championship and featured um, quite a few knockouts in the division. But ultimately, it was Kylie Ray who eliminated Taya Valkyrie at the very end. And that made me happy because um, Kylie Ray is a fresh face in the division. And it's nice to see a fresh fresh face get a nice push and some prominent television time. And it should be interesting to see how her character progresses and impact in this environment with this locker room and with the talented knockouts division that's going on right now. And that's one thing that I'm, I'm going to give impact a lot of credit for over the years. Whereas like certain promotions, certain divisions, they have a hot period, then they have a cold period. They have a hot period. They have a cold period. Like an NXT, for instance, like the women's division, in my opinion right now, I think is kind of going through a slight cold period. But there's been times where it gets really hot. And I don't have to explain myself when I, when I use that word. Hot and cold, guys. Come on. Hot and cold. But in Impact, the knockouts division, to me, has been kind of consistent. There hasn't been gigantic, you know, peaks and valleys. Hot and cold. It's been a little bit more consistent than other promotions out there. And I commend Impact for what they do with the knockouts division. And Kylie Ray winning the gauntlet for the gold match is a, a, is a decision that I agree with. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Good match. Good match. Uh, the uh, the next oh no wait hold on after that Heath Slater showed up or Heath Miller or just Heath uh, whatever name you want to call him. I guess that free agent shirt that he has on is is awesome. I want that shirt. I see that it's available on his pro wrestling tees. Uh, I'm going to do the numbers this week and see if it's not going to put a dent in the rest of my July budget. I know. I know, guys. It's a $25 shirt, and i got to see if it's in my budget, right? I'm that tight with my budget nowadays. I've grown up. It's not the same me as 10 years ago where I'll just drop 25 30 bucks on a drop of a hat like that. But as I'm talking about a $40 pay-per-view, right? But still. Uh, the um, free agent shirt. I got to get that. That's just a really good shirt. Good looking shirt, man. A good promo by, by uh, Heath Slater and whatnot. Good segment overall. Um, and then the, the next match, um, Willie Mack defending the X division championship against Chris Bay. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Bay and it's, it's nothing on a personal level. Um, it, it, it's just nothing 
even really with like a styles kind of thing either. It's just more of like an unknown kind of thing. I just, I need to invest the time to watch him a little bit more to see whether or not I, I click with the character in a style or if I don't, uh, it's more of an unknown thing. So going into it naturally, I was going for the person that I did know in the match. And that was the incumbent champion going into the match, which was Willie Mack. Um, I've met Willie Mack before. I've worked with Willie Mack before. I've called uh, a few of his matches out here in SoCal for the Empire Wrestling Federation. Uh, I've worked with him in other promotions as well. Uh, anytime I'm out there in Vegas and I see him, you know, we, we shoot the shit for a little bit. Uh, so I'm very familiar with Willie Mack. Um, I was cheering for Willie, but Chris Bay won the X Division Championship. I'm not mad at all by that. I'm not upset by it. I'm not hindered by it at all. It should be interesting to see what Chris Bay does with the X Division Championship. Willie Mack was a great champion. Willie Mack is, is awesome in the ring, and I look forward to seeing what the new champion, Chris Bay, can do with this championship, if he can make this championship his own. Is he going to be one of those guys that makes the championship, or is he going to be one of the guys that the championship makes him? That's one question <clears throat> that I always like to ask when there's a new champion, is what kind of champion they're going to be. Will they define the title or the, def- the title define them? <clears throat> and, and primarily it's on the booking on that, but it's also part of the performer as well. But yeah, there you go. <clears throat> Continuing on with the show, backstage we saw Heath again. Heath and Rhino back together, kind of. Uh, Rhino was very happy to see Heath, as we all were kind of happy to see them all together, right? But then Heath was told that he's not part of the roster. He's not signed. And this is a closed set broadcast, so he has to leave. Yeah. And Rhino told uh, Heath to tell the kids that he said hi. Nice pop right there. Nice continuity between the character, people he's interacted with, that being Rhino, I like where things are going here. I really do. Uh, up next is the Tag Team Championship match. The North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander defending against Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. I was all in with this Tag Team title match, but then for me it just kind of fell apart when they started doing the whole, um, you know, Shamrock had the, the ankle lock and Sammy was shoved off out of the corner and crashed into Shamrock, and then they started doing that whole thing. To me, I lost all interest in the match at that point. I really did. Um, and then, like, the way they booked Shamrock, where he was just kind of standing around and just watching everything go by, and he just, to me, just, he he looked like he had been booked to look like a putz. You know? I, I just, I, I wasn't digging it. I just wasn't. It just wasn't the match for me. Um that's not to say that, you know, these guys suck or anything like that or, you know, their their work rate sucks. I'm not saying that at all, man. I'm just from a, from a fan telling you what my interest level was in the match. Uh, well, it wasn't there. It, it started off okay, but it just ended very, very poorly in my opinion. Um, but then the Machine Guns came out and they said that this Tuesday that they got a, a, a match against uh, the North. After the North won, North defended their titles against uh, Shamrock and Callahan. I say screw Tuesday, man. This is a pay-per-view. Let's get the match going on right now, you know? 
but oh well. Uh, next match was the uh, Knockouts Championship match. Uh, Diana Perrazzo challenging Jordan Grace. And I'm, I just, I've never, I've never understood the, the hype for uh, Diana Perrazzo. Uh, I know there's, she's got a lot of support, and that's cool. That's a great thing, man. She has a lot of fans out there, and, and I think that's great. For me personally, I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't get into her character so much. Um, I'm I'm not that entertained by majority of her in-ring work, uh, and especially going up against somebody like Jordan Grace, who I think has a, 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 a tremendous... Uh, it factor. She's got a good look. She can talk on the mic. She can back it up in the ring. Uh, she's charismatic. I, I think Jordan Grace, she lost the championship by submission. Deanna Perrazzo is the new champion. I think Jordan Grace, I think, would have would have been better off retaining the title, in my opinion. But it is what it is. You know, I mean, let's let's see what, what Deanna can do with the championship. Like I was saying with Chris Bay, um, is she going to be the competitor that is made by the championship or will she make the championship? Where is this going to go? Um, and like I was saying earlier, too, about the knockouts division, it being more consistent than other promotions as far as like hot and cold, peaks and valleys. I'm hoping that I'm not going to eat my words with that and that we go into a cold session here. I hope that Deanna Perrazzo and any of her challengers, which Kylie Ray is the number one contender, Kylie Ray and Deanna Perrazzo, is this going to be the program that lights things on fire? I mean, I'm interested in half already. I, I'm a big fan of Kylie Ray. So that's a good thing there. However, if it would have been Kylie Ray and Jordan Grace, that would have been two people that I was super invested in that I'd want to see. And I would look forward to the matches more. But that's all right. That's fine. I'm not going to be like one of those guys that like if the person that I wanted to win loses that I'm going to like bust my TV set in like we've seen those stupid videos flying around the last 10 years. I'm not like that. If the person I want to win loses, that's fine, man. I mean, it's not going to affect me when the show ends or when I turn the computer off or anything like that. It's entertainment. It's like a, it's a TV show. So there you go with that. I I personally would have went with uh, with Jordan Grace, but now we got our main event. It's a fatal five way elimination match uh, for the vacant Impact World Championship. We have uh, we had Eddie Edwards, Ace Austin, Trey, uh, Rich Swan, who earlier in the night was shown with crutches, but now he's in this match, and the returning Eric Young. EY back in Impact Wrestling. Awesome, man. Awesome. Eric Young. I when he was signed to the WWE, I was excited. I said, okay, here we go. Now, this is a guy that's been busting his ass for years. And he's finally made it. But they just didn't know what to do with him. Like, we've said that many times about people that were in the WWE that went to other places. Like, when Bret Hart went to WCW, the famous words, WCW will never know what to do with a Bret Hart, right? Well, this time around, it's the other way around. WWE just didn't know what to do with Eric Young. 
And I'm just surprised that they just didn't throw him in the comedy thing because he's been a proven entity with doing comedy. And I know WWE sometimes likes to do that with certain characters like Santino Morella, you know, Hornswoggle, you know, Eric Young could have made a, a decent career in the WWE doing a comedy act. But, you know, it's a good that he's not with them anymore because now he's an impact. Well, they'll take him serious. They know what to do with him. And he has a, a track record there. I was really pulling for Eric Young to win the match. He did not do it. Ultimately, it came down to Eddie Edwards becoming the new Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Like I said, I wish Eric Young would have done it, but Eddie Edwards wins. He is the new champ, and uh, I think that's kind of cool. Um, I would have been I would have been happy with Ace Austin winning the title too. Uh, I honestly don't think Trey would have would have would have been in contention really to really win the title. Rich Swan probably, but uh, I would have, I would have, I would have been torn between you know Eddie Edwards, Ace Austin, Eric Young, and if I had to rank it, Eric Young number one, Ace Austin number two, and Eddie Edwards number three. But they can all work, they can all talk, they all get a good look. It doesn't matter at that point. They are all going to be successful world champions, and Eddie Edwards is at the top of impact right now. Um. The Good Brothers came out. Luke Gallows came out. Carl Anderson came out. They aligned themselves with Eddie Edwards. And then we closed out the pay-per-view with a promo. Or not really a promo. It's more like a vignette of EC3. Yeah, EC3. Back in Impact Wrestling. Just like Eric Young, WWE did not know what to do with an EC3. But EC3's back home at Impact where he's going to be taken care of. And that's all that matters. I am greatly looking forward to this coming Tuesday at Impact Wrestling to see what they're going to do with the fallout of Slammiversary. I think overall, I think it was a very solid pay-per-view from Impact Wrestling. It's definitely worth a watch. If anybody out there has been on the line about that, if they don't want to watch, they do want to watch, they don't know, if they've been on the fence... I would recommend watching the pay-per-view. I thought it was solid from top to bottom. And a lot of tremendous talent throughout the night on this event. I'm just very happy that I watched this event. I'm very happy that I'm getting back into Impact Wrestling because they're back on the upswing of things. I think Impact Wrestling has got good business practices right now. They got a strong head on the shoulders. They got strong leadership that knows what they're doing. They're creative, has a vision, and the vision is very clear. And the vision is approachable, and it's entertaining. Keep an eye on Impact Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. The next couple years, it's going to be back on top. It's going to be back. It's on the upswing. So there you go. All right, like I said at the top of the program, Ring Scoops podcast, it's repackaged, it's consolidated all in one. We've got different segments. we got the jukebox. We've got retro segment. we got all kinds of other stuff. And down the road, we'll have some interviews. We'll have some reviews. We'll have the hot seat. We'll have some more guests, uh, some co-hosts and whatnot. My buddy, the DA, co-hosting. 
the jukebox on this episode here. So we'll be right back. All right, here we go. This is the retro portion of the Ring Scoops podcast. If anybody out there has been listening to uh, previous episodes of the podcast, uh, Re- uh, Ring Scoops Retro was its very own podcast, but now it's a segment here on the Ring Scoops podcast, and it's real simple. Um, I pick a random match that takes place before 2010 that was under uh, 30 minutes. I tell you exactly where I'm watching it and uh, do a countdown, and we watch it together. Uh, I do play-by-play, I whatever comes to my mind first. Uh, I react to spots, you know, you know the whole thing with watch-alongs. I'm not going to waste too much time. Uh, for this one, uh, we're going to be watching on the WWE Network. We're going to go back to 1985. Jeez, I was only two years old when this took place. Um, this is Mid-South Wrestling from September 28th. 1985, we are uh, paused right now at 13 minutes and 46 seconds, okay? This match that we're going to watch is Dick Slater versus Broadway Joe Malcolm. I've never I've never seen this before, so this is going to be like a first-time reaction out of me watching this match here. Dick Slater versus Broadway Joe Malcolm, Mid-South Wrestling, September 28th, 1985, WWE Network paused at 13 minutes, 46 seconds. Um, I'll count it down. Three, two, one. When I say the word play, we hit play. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. This match on Mid-South Wrestling, one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner at 235 pounds from Tampa, Florida, Dick Slater. You got JR doing ring announcing. <clears throat> Dick Slater. Dick Slater, uh, if I'm not mistaken, recently passed away, right? Within the last uh, two or three years, I believe. Like the uh, simplistic ring gear from both guys. Oh, wow. Nice neck breaker there by Slater. I got to say, uh, Malcolm's gear kind of reminds me a little bit like Jerry Lawler's, you know, without the singlet part. From far away, it kind of looks like Jerry the King Lawler. That referee is a big dude, too. Oh, bringing him in the hard way is Dick Slater. I don't know. I was just randomly going through stuff on the network to find a match for this. And uh, I wanted to go outside of, you know, WWE itself, go outside of WCW, ECW, that kind of stuff. So I thought, you know what? Let's go old school. Let's go territories. Mid-South wrestling. It's Dick Slater. Oh, what the hell? Dick Slater was going for that cover. The ref got like a one or even a half count. And then he just like started going all crazy. A modified version of a side Russian leg sweep. Slater taking his time. I think he put his own foot. Slater put uh, Broadway's foot. This is kind of weird. Irish whip, it's reversed. Dick Slater into the ropes, coming in, dropping the elbow right in the back of the neck of Broadway Joe Malcolm. Let's see, Slater now has got Broadway up on his shoulders, going into the corner, taking a step back off that bottom turnbuckle. And now Slater hooking the inside leg, 
And that's all she wrote. Wow. What a matchup. Straight and simple. Right to the point. Honestly, didn't think it was going to be that quick of a match. Um, when I when I started, what, first to see kind of how long that was, I, I looked at the timestamp where it was. It was like 13 minutes. And then I went on to the next segment, and it started like 19. So I thought, oh, a six-minute match. I didn't know there was three minutes of fluff in between that stuff. But, hey, whatever. It works with it. Anyway, that was it right there. Mid-South Wrestling, September 28th, 1985. Dick Slater versus Broadway Joe Malcolm for the retro portion of the Ring Scoops podcast. And if you want to submit a request for a match to hear uh, a watch-along or commentary or whatnot for the retro portion here of the podcast, uh, you can send me an email at ringscoops at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter or Instagram with the username ringscoops. So there you go. That's retro, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the new segment of the podcast uh, right here on the Ring Scoops podcast called The Jukebox. And uh, on the line with me is my best friend in the whole wide world. He is the the greatest. He's the best friend that anyone could ask. The DA from Two Guys Drinking. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? You know, I'm your best friend, but are you my best friend? That's the question. Well, you are my best friend. I can say that without a doubt. Yes. So here on on the jukebox, (laughs) it's real simple, man. We got... We got all these WWE themes that are on Spotify, right? It's just it's so cool. Like I, you and I probably would have never thought ten years ago that we could just get on the app on our phones and just select any theme song from WWE that we wanted and just listen to it at any given time, right? For free. Yeah, not to mention that they've been releasing the WWE Uncaged series for I think it's up to eleven now of these unreleased themes that pretty much people have been asking for for years. Like they've released Jericho's first theme that he had when he debuted, uh, you know, like, like you said, you just hit, you can go on there and there's so many WWE themes from all decades and eras. Absolutely. I, I know you, you're a huge a fan of, of wrestling themes. You've, you've collected them for so many years. Um, and when I come up with the idea for this segment, you're the first guy that came to my mind. I'm like, if I'm going to have anybody co-host this segment with me, it's going to be the DA. And the concept for this is real simple. We're just going to hit random, play for 15, 20 seconds, a theme song, and then you and I for a couple minutes will just discuss the very first things that come to our mind about uh, whosoever theme it is. I mean, I, I so many different Ideas for names for this segment, too. I, I ended up on the jukebox. If you got a different name that you think would be cool, you know, like the uh, the theme Russian roulette or something, you know, or I don't know, something down the road. I don't, we'll figure it out. But anyway. Um, I just hope it's not like one of the NXT themes or something or one of the guys from the Cruiserweight or 205 Live. Because I'll be like, what, what theme is that? And then this will be a total bust. But hopefully it's a theme that we both recognize. Nice. Well, I, I kind of anticipated that. So, so there is a, a, a little bit of element of control on this one. Um, I picked a specific album, and we're going to hit random. 
So right. this this does kind of have some kind of a time period control on this first one here. But without further ado, are you ready to hit random and get with this? Yeah. Should we All count right. it down? We can count it down. Yeah, you we are. From five? Um, we start from three. Well, I always like three. I know there's other places out there that like to start at five. I think it's kind of corny to start at five, so I'll start at three. Okay. And, and you know, I, I think, like, when we say play, we should hit, you know, hit play instead of you know long speak with it too just hit you know say play yeah yeah it shouldn't be like okay now hit play i think it should just be play yeah because what if you know somebody wants to hit play as soon as we say one then they're screwed yeah anyway nonetheless are you ready i am nonetheless ready here we go three two one play And I was not anticipating this. (laughs) Should we go with this or should we go for one more? Because that wasn't a person's theme. That was more of a pay-per-view theme. I mean, is it a sign of things to come? (laughs) It Uh, is 2020. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of the anthem of 2020, don't you think? I mean, the theme (laughs) of Armageddon for years. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I could go on for, I think, forever on that. I, I mean, just really quickly, uh, that was a, a great theme that they kept bringing back. It just fit so well with the pay-per-view, and they would remix year after year. Like, uh, Jim Johnson just had a blast with that. Like, he, I, I could just see him in the recording studio just going nuts, banging on the drums and riffing the, the guitar I'll tell you this. The first thing that came to my mind as soon as it started playing was the big fall from Rikishi (laughs) on the hell in a cell when he fell in the hay truck. (laughs) That was – and it's funny because that was Armageddon, right? That was Armageddon, the six-pack challenge for the WWF title. And Spotify says it's the Judgment Day theme song. I don't know. Did they ever play it at a Judgment Day before? Got me scratching my head now. Well, better than scratching something else. I don't know. I, you know what? Since this is the debut, let's do two. <laughs> let's do let's right. do another one. All right. Here we go. I'm just going to go ahead and hit it. Here we go. It's kind of ironic that we've got two <laughs> two songs playing that have the theme of death. I think Spotify is the, the Ouija board of this <laughs> of our conversation here, trying to tell us something. But I, I kind of hesitated a little bit because I was wondering if it was going to be the version with lyrics or the version without lyrics. Because I know there was the instrumental one that he used for a while. And then... Yeah. Uh, you know, then he came out with one that had lyrics, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, both are still pretty cool, I, I think. 
but uh, the one without lyrics just like instantly goes into the guitar solo. It's like, <laughs> I just picture fucking Taker on that bike. You, you sounded like you sounded like eighty percent of the Southern Rock themes out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know that era of the Undertaker. Um, one, like actually, there's two. There's two things that come to my mind. The first one is as, as far as like matches go, was uh, the ladder match of Jeff Hardy, and second, I guess technically was a match, but it was more of a moment in a match. Was when Maven. Mm-hmm. Uh, drop kicked the Undertaker and eliminated him from the Rumble. And I know that was well before he had this theme song, but uh, those are like the first two things that pop in my head when I hear this song and think about the Undertaker. If I remember correctly, I think it was like right around, ironically, Judgment Day. (laughs) 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 When he had uh, gotten that theme song, I think it was right after he had beaten Hulk Hogan for the belt. That's right. Yeah, they've kind of played hot potato with the belt there because Triple H wanted a mania, then Hogan wanted mm-hmm. a backlash, Taker wanted a judgment day, and then he held onto it for like what two months before the Rock got it in July. Just yeah, so he could drop it to Brock. Yeah. At SummerSlam. Yeah. And then yeah. Brock walked for that Survivor series. To the big show. And then I think Brock dropped it at Mania, right? I think that was the next time. Um, no, I, I the Kurt Angle some somehow grabbed it maybe at the Rumble because Brock won the 2003 Royal Rumble and went on to WrestleMania 19 and take on Kurt Angle for the belt, and that's where he did the botched shooting star. Yeah, yeah, but uh, th- yeah, this is the Undertaker's theme. This ain't Brock's <laughs> or Kurt Angle's. <laughs> it's just it's, it's funny how just one theme song can bring up so many emotions of that era. That was a pretty damn good era of the uh the brand split too, because the Undertaker was pretty much running SmackDown. I, I think that was like the beginning of the, the brand split too. Yeah. Because um, brand split started, I believe in between, I want to say in between backlash and judgment day and Taker got the belt. And at that time, the champ was going to be able to appear on both brands, but when Brock got the belt, um, him and Undertaker stayed over on SmackDown. Because for a while there, Undertaker, even though he was on both shows, I think he was prominently featured more on Raw during that time. Which goes back to your uh, first thought was with the, the ladder match with Jeff Hardy, which actually put kind of put Jeff Hardy on the map a little bit as a singles competitor. Yeah, that was definitely a big breakout moment for Jeff Hardy in a singles career. Absolutely. I think one of the main... uh, Go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, just going back to the the theme song, I think one of the main reasons that they went is because they want to keep paying for rolling. I think it's rolling and then probably cost too much money to... I mean, that, that song was badass, but... It was. Yeah, I, I mean, no, no pun intended. Oh, I, I prefer this one because I just kind of matched the Undertaker a little bit more uh, than Rolling did. Rolling was perfect when he was riding the bike constantly, but he stopped doing it after a while, and they started coming out to this theme, and it just really fit the attitude. It fit the rhythm of his walk down the ring. Uh, oh yeah, and that just goes to the Jim Johnston. Uh, always knew how to do that with guys and making themes for them. 
kind of reminds um, me of uh, Beyond the Mat when they're that segment where they're talking to Jim Johnson and he's showing how he came up with Vader's theme, you know? Oh yeah. I remember that segment. Well, it was like, yeah, you know, the, the, the song kind of matches his block, you know, it's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, DA, uh, want to thank you for uh, joining me on the, on the podcast with this segment. Uh, uh, I enjoyed doing this. I don't know about you, but I would definitely love to do some more of these with you down the road on uh, other podcast episodes. Oh, definitely. Right on, on, right on. And DA, before we head out, um, would you like to uh, give a shout out or a plug or anything? Uh, As always, I want to thank Screen Discourse for (laughs) providing the hosting (laughs) and advertising and support for uh, my podcast, Two Guys Drinking. Uh, all you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash two guys drinking. That's the number two, uh, two guys drinking, uh, to listen to two guys drinking with me and my buddy, Rob. It's funny. You bring up screen discourse, keeping the theme of dead things. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope that's a big number two in your, uh, your anchor URL. Oh, it's, it's a giant number two. A giant number two. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> anchor.fm slash two guys drinking the number two. Check it out with Dennis and Rob. Great podcasts, great discussions on movies, televisions, and uh, televisions. Like I pluralize that. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. You got two TVs? You must be rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's that anchor money coming in, getting me two TVs. <laughs> All right, DA, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it, bro. Oh, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody out there for tuning in to this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com, youtube.com slash ringscoops, anchor.fm slash ringscoops. If you would like to follow Ring Scoops on social media, it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all with the same username, Ring Scoops. And also twitch.ringscoops.com if you want to check out some of the live Twitch feeds. Uh, the streams that we do, it's like Slam and Jam and whatnot. It's good stuff, man. And uh, of course, prowrestlingtees.com slash ringscoops as well for all your Ring Scoops merchandise. Prowrestlingtees.com slash ringscoops. That's it. For this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool. <laughs>